Human Vortex Training and Menachem Brody present the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast, where we talk strength training, physiology, psychology, tech, and much more to help you get fitter, faster, and stronger in and out of your sport, giving you expert insights, talking with other leading experts. And now, your host, world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 92 of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast. Today's episode number 92 is also the same as soon-to-be Hall of Famer, outside linebacker, American football player, and all-time super strong athlete James Harrison played for my hometown Pittsburgh Steelers a number of years uh, soon to be Hall of Famer just one of the all-time greats and a super freaking strong guy and that is completely relevant to today's episode as we are going to discuss why you should keep your strength training and now in the middle of May is the time to lift heavy things very nice it is an awful Borat impression, but the message remains the same. Real quick, before we get into today's episode, if you are a coach or you would like to learn the ins and outs on how to use strength training to actually see in-sport results as a cyclist, and you'll also see it as a triathlete, make sure you head on over to the Human Vortex Training website and sign up for the insiders list for the world's first and only strength training for cyclists certification course. It gives you everything you need, progressions, regressions, core training, which we've talked about here in a number of episodes, including the core is more. So if you haven't already liked and subscribed to our podcast, make sure to do so. Give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And listen to 86, episode 86, Heinz Ward's number, another Hall of Famer, uh, Pittsburgh Steeler and American football player called The Core is More, if you want performance, that is. Now let's get into today's episode of now, right now, May. Actually, it was March, April, and May are the time to lift heavy things. If you've been following the strength training program properly, now Just to give you an overview, many of you here are new and you haven't subscribed yet or this is the first time you're hearing about this uh, new revelation to strength training for cycling results because the mainstream media have fooled you for many, many years. They have told you, oh, lift lightweights many times and then they told you lift heavy things. They go from one extreme to the other and don't actually know the approaches that will help you see results on the bike. That is where I come in. I've been doing this for almost a quarter of a century in the health and fitness fields. Uh, The last 15, 17 years working specifically with cyclists and triathletes to use strength training to get in sport results. I have a long background in strength training, including powerlifting, as well as basketball, working with professional basketball players, and a plethora of other sports, including CrossFit. So you're not going to be able to sit there and say, yeah, but you've never really strength trained. Actually, I have, and I've helped many other people achieve at that level. Now, I'm not saying this to impress you, but to impress upon you the breadth that is behind what I'm about to tell you about now. 
is the time to lift heavy things if you've been following the stages of strength training throughout the year. Now, if you have not gone through what's called anatomical adaptations, which is anywhere from two to four weeks of lifting light weights, learning the technique, getting a little bit of loading on the tissues, but mostly learning how to move well after a season on the bike. For most of you, uh, this is going to be uh, in the fall, September, October, November uh, would be when you'd go through but many of you, again, you're new here and that is totally okay. So what you can do is instead of saying, well, hey, it's great that you're talking about lifting heavy stuff, but I haven't gone through these five stages of strength training for cyclists or triathletes. How the heck am I supposed to do this? Hit pause on this podcast episode. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to our feed and then go listen to episode 18, the five stages of strength training for cycling and triathlon success. That's going to give you the foundations of understanding of what we're about to discuss here. Now, I'm not going to go back through all the five stages uh, in through everything that we need to go through because we already have a podcast episode. But just to refresh, stage number one is anatomical adaptation. Again, two to four weeks. Usually it's in the fall learning how to move again, seeing what, what works, what doesn't work. And you want to cover the fundamental five plus one movements of push, pull, squat, hinge, press, and rotary stability. Stage number two is hypertrophy. Yes, you need hypertrophy, but you need to make sure that your ride volume is high enough, being at least five to six hours a week to allow your body to maintain the density of the muscle without getting much larger. Now, this is something that baffles a lot of people. A uh, number of athletes that I work with get stupid strong, uh, including those that I've worked with that were in college at the time and qualified for nationals, raced well at nationals, finished in the top 30 uh, for the road race, for the criterium. Uh, extremely strong folks. I mean, these race against professionals. These guys went professional after finishing nationals, uh, top 15, top 20. When you go through these strength stages and you do it properly and you don't drop your riding like most people do. What happens is, and I see it all the time where people come to me and say, well, I tried strength training and I put on five pounds or three kilos or seven kilos and then I didn't have any bike fitness. Well, how much did you ride your bike while you were doing that strength training? Oh, I had to drop, I dropped my bike. I was doing two rides a week, uh, you know, a two hour and then a high intensity in the middle of the week. It doesn't work like that. So, if you are looking and you've gone through these two stages, anatomical adaptations and then hypertrophy, and the hypertrophy stage is anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, it can go up to 16, uh, that stage is really important, not because we want to have huge muscle mass, but because we need to prepare the connective tissues, we need to get enough stress and training load uh, that we're adapting the connective tissues like the tendons, which connect the muscle to the bone, the ligaments, which connect bone to bone, the bones themselves, which have an electrical charge that when stressed under these hypertrophy loads, the muscle and bone are going to get better. It also improves the ability of the body to improve its internal environment or the hormonal environment. And this is really important. We also talk about sleep in an upcoming episode, 94. So again, if you haven't subscribed yet, these are things that are we, are, we have covered or we're going to cover. But the hypertrophy stage is the second stage. So anatomical adaptation, then hypertrophy, and then max strength. Now, max strength is a time that we're going to be doing lifts of anywhere from six or two to six repetitions. Uh, I generally away, stay away from singles for most cyclists and triathletes because we're just not that adapted. Even doubles will be relatively rare. So usually for most of you out there, three to six repetitions with the heavy weight, 
There is a magical thing about the body. When you stress the body just enough, you're going to get the adaptations that you need. It's not about training harder, it's about training smarter. And that has been our mantra here at Human Vortex Training since we opened the doors back in 2008 and even before then, before we started Human Vortex Training. So let's talk about now being the time to lift heavy stuff and the practicality of it all. So we're gonna assume uh, or we're going to say in our example here that you have gone through anatomical adaptations, which is two to four weeks. We have gone through hypertrophy, which is at least six to eight weeks. And by the way, max strength and performance. So maximum strength and performance are built on the foundation of hypertrophy. So those adaptations in the body, yeah, you're going to get some muscular hypertrophy. Again, if you are riding your bike properly and you are tying together your training, the strength training is going to complement your on-bike riding. Uh, I get into this in my first book called The Vortex Method. Uh, it will be re-released here late summer, early fall of 2021, uh, should things go on schedule. Uh, maybe underneath uh, another name, but if you go to Amazon and you look up Menachem Brody as the author, you will find that as you go through, uh, these are the stages we need to go through and you want to pair your riding with your strength training. So this point in the season, most of you have finished build one. So you've done some serious lactate threshold work. You've perhaps polished up your VO2 max energy system, and you've also done some all outs. Uh, as we go through this, that means that the hormonal system is going to be adapted to these higher stresses, right? We've put a lot of metabolic work in on the bike. That is what that is. Metcon from CrossFit is metabolic conditioning. That is what you're doing on your bike. You are training the energy systems to be able to handle these rigors. The strength training for maximum strength, they're not going to be super dense training sessions. And this is where a lot of people go wrong when they do do max strength. They think that they need to be in the gym for one to two hours and doing really heavy weights, a lot of times, a lot of repetitions, a lot of different exercises, got to do all the movements every time I go in. And then fact, that is not what we're looking for. We want the minimal effective dose of strength training at those weights. And what that's going to look like here in May, as many of you are out riding your bikes anywhere from six to 12 hours a week. We're going to be in the gym strength training, uh, a development day, or and the development day are the heavy days. This is where we're actually working. We're going to get one development day a week. We're going to get one stimulation day a week, and then you're going to get a movement session on the weekend. Uh, during the hypertrophy and then anatomical adaptations, those are twice to three times a week where you're repeating the sets and repetitions because doing the movement more frequently is going to help you learn how to be able to do it better, improve your ability to produce uh, much better results through improved movement. So we've spoken about this previously on the podcast. If you go back to episode 81, Miguel Aragoncillo, improved performance and movement by going deeper. And then episode 82, purposeful movement, the golden ticket for strength training for performance. Now, as it applies for you today, once you start to understand that we need to go in the gym once a week for a heavy lift, doesn't that sound a lot more manageable? Yeah, we can totally go into the gym once a week for an hour or 45 minutes and we're not gonna get a ton of training stress in. We're gonna get the right amount of the right training stress. 
And again, not to kick a dead horse, but this is after you've gone through two to four weeks of anatomical adaptation and at least six to eight weeks of hypertrophy with quality movements and great technique. If you're unsure about your technique, hire a reputable and, and knowledgeable personal trainer or even better, find the local or closest to you strength training for cyclists certified individual. There are all over the world all over the world, Australia, we have Europe, uh, we have Argentina, tons in the States and Canada. So you can and should find somebody near you. Or if you want, we can do a virtual movement screen for you uh, here. You can check it out on the Human Vortex Training website. Uh, you can just hire me for an hour, essentially, and I can look at the movements, the videos that you send me, and give you feedback on them and tell you, hey, yes, you're okay to load, or you know what, you should stay, hang out here uh, and focus on cleaning this up. But once you've gone through anatomical adaptations and hypertrophy with great movement patterns and purposeful movement, we're going to start uh, our awesome, awesome max strength. Technically, it should have started back in late March, early April. But if you're just listening to this podcast now, because now is when it's being released, it's not too late. This is where most people, uh, March, April, May, April, May, tends to be where most people drop their strength training. They go into maintenance. That's one of the worst things you can do. We want to make sure that we are still training. Now, when you're heading into the gym for these development days, essentially what we're looking for are two movements, just two. You've got the background. Again, episode 18, go back and listen to it. You can read the book. What we're going to do is we are going to go through a dynamic warm-up. So we're gonna do three to five minutes of soft tissue work, no more. So 20 to 30 seconds of foam rolling or a trigger point uh, per body part, but maximum of five minutes. So you can't sit there and do every, every single body part. You roll once, twice, three times, not tight, not giving you any issues, great, move on to the next thing. Uh, so that's gonna mean for most of you, the quadriceps are gonna need a little bit of work. The Yes, the lats. You can foam roll your lats. You can check that out over on the HV Training YouTube channel. You can see the link uh, in the show notes, which will actually show you how to do a full body foam roll, upper body, lower body. You're also going to want to foam roll or trigger point your chest. Yes, you can use a foam roller for that if you know how. So check out those videos. And we'll also want to get a little bit of thoracic extension. Three to five minutes, 20 to 30 seconds per location. Then from there, you're going to want to go into your dynamic warm-up, which will take you 8 to 12 minutes maximum. So think about that. We are now at 15 to 18 minutes. We'll call it 18 minutes into a 45-minute session. From there, A1, our first exercise, we're going to warm up with a set of 10 with a weight that is going to allow us to feel an RPE of 5. So for some of you, that might be the barbell. For some of you, it might be the barbell with a little bit of weight. But let's go with what most cyclists like to do, which is going to be a deadlift because it works the posterior chain. That's what's popular. And I don't have a problem with that. You're going to choose a deadlift variation that is going to allow you to set up and have great technique, great position, great breathing patterns, and be able to move properly. So for many of you, that's going to be a rack pull, or it could be a hex bar deadlift, uh, things of that nature, where you're actually able to keep the great positions. Now think about it, or keep in mind rather, that we are now starting to morph to be more bike-like and riding-like than great posture. 
And that's okay. We're in that part of the season. So that may mean that instead of deadlifting off the floor, which most of you shouldn't be doing, we want to deadlift two to four inches off the floor. So you can put uh, weightlifting blocks or you can just do a rack pull where the bar is set up just below or at the knee. So you're still getting a hinge motion, but you're not putting yourself into position to lose by rounding your back uh, or having to lift the bar off the floor where you're not able to provide tension properly. So first set, set of 10, RPE of five, very lightweight. We're working on technique, getting a feel. How do I feel? What's working? Am I keeping tension in the right places? Am I pushing the floor away? Am I keeping my midsection braced? Am I getting the movement from the hip or am I rolling my back? Once you've done the set of 10, you'll go on to A2. That'll be some type of corrective exercise. Uh, this could be an active preacher stretch, which we've linked to in the show notes as well, which will allow you to be able to open up the lats a little bit more, and you don't need to go crazy. Just one time through, three breaths, as shown in the video. Once we're done with that, we'll go through a set of eight. The eight is gonna be a perceived exertion of six, maybe a seven. So we're adding a little bit of weight. We're starting to load the body a little bit to get a good feeling. By the way, in between this warm-up set of 10 and this first set of eight, we are actually just resting for the active preacher stretch and however long it takes us to be able to load the bar. That's it. So it's a very short rest period. And I know some of you may say, well, Brody, Coach Brody, you talked about taking rest periods of at least three minutes between our strength sets. That is correct. However, in this session, we want to get a little bit of the energy systems going. We want to get the body moving, the blood flow going, and get you a good feel for the bar. And that's going to give us about 90 seconds between finishing the set, doing the active preacher stretch will take you about a minute, and then another 30 seconds, a minute to load the bar with a little bit heavier weight for an RPE of six or seven. Anytime you're unsure because you're tired or things don't feel that great in the warmup, go with a lighter weight. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of possible injuries down the road because you're building habits. The set of eight should be done with impeccable form. Everything is firing right. You feel strong and you say, hey, this is moving well today. Once you're done with that, you'll start the stopwatch for three or set the stopwatch for three and a half to four minutes. Then you'll start your active preacher stretch. So during your rest time between your sets of your deadlifts, we are performing an active recovery of going through your active preacher stretch. So we're doing a corrective or a postural exercise that doesn't take us to fatigue, but is helping us to be able to fire better. Once you're done with that, you're just going to load the bar up carefully making sure to have good mechanics and good technique and taking the plates and moving them, not rounding your back. This is really important. And that's gonna be included in your active recovery time between your sets. Once you're done loading the bar, stay on your feet. You can walk around, you can pace, you can stand in one spot. Uh, heck, you can even text on your phone if you like to make sure nobody takes your bar and unloads it if you want to. However, when the stopwatch goes off and lets you know that it has been at least three and a half to four minutes, you're going to step up to the bar and do your set of five. So we're going to go five repetitions at a perceived exertion of seven or eight. You're gonna do this again, impeccable form all the way through, keeping tension, pushing the floor away for this uh, rack pull, making sure you're standing tall, keeping everything engaged. And then when you're done with it, you're gonna set the stopwatch for five minutes. Once you've set the stopwatch and hit start, you're going to do your last set of active preacher stretch. Again, this will take you around a minute. Once you're done with that, you're gonna just load the bar. We want to get to a perceived exertion of eight to eight and a half. We don't need to go any higher than that. Once you're done with that, you're just going to stand around. Again, text, 
scroll on Facebook, take an Instagram video, stand around. Don't sit down. We want to stay up on your feet. Once that stopwatch goes off to let you know that five to six minutes has passed since the end of your last set, step up to the bar, master movement. You want to be a master of movement when you pick up that bar. And we're going to do a beautiful set of three to four repetitions with fantastic technique, stopping when the perceived exertion gets to eight and a half or when you start to feel the technique and coordination is going down. Done with your set, return all the weights and move on to B1. B1 will be another exercise. This can be something such as a seated row. It could be a bent over row. It could be a dumbbell bench press. It depends on where you are throughout your season. Now, again, the Strength Training for Cyclist certification course gives all progressions and regressions as related to cyclists and triathletes to help you be able to choose the right movements. I generally like to do an upper body movement paired with a squat or deadlift as A1. So A1 will be squat or deadlift variation, and then B1 will be some type of upper body work. The reason we do this is because we need to keep the upper body strong. You do climb with your arms, right? You do sprint with your upper body, right? So don't neglect the upper body strength. Should we be the strongest of the year during this time? Absolutely not we should see some decrease in your overall strength, but that doesn't mean you can't train max strength by perceived exertion. The upper body will follow the exact same rules. Once you're done with B1 and B2, whatever that corrective exercise is that you choose, you do one full body global challenge. I really like the farmer carry or the suitcase carry, depending on what your needs are. Two times 20 seconds with an RPE of seven to eight with a rest period of three minutes in between and you're done. All said and done, you're at 47 and a half minutes and you're walking out the gym. Don't have 47 and a half minutes? Not a problem. You cut off one of the sets for your B exercise. So you do a set of 10, set of eight, a set of five. That's it. And you're done for the day. This challenge for a lot of cyclists, biggest challenge rather, is resting. I need to do work. I can't believe I'm resting for five minutes in between sets. I need to go. I need to go. I need to do something else. I need to do more core. I need, I need something else. I need to keep moving. Stop. When you're training max strength, you need lots of rest. The nervous system needs time to recharge. We don't want you sitting, standing around, scrolling, texting, doing an Instagram story, whatever it is that you want allow the nervous system to recharge. We need it to be able to fire very strongly at the right time, and that's in the exercise. So don't fill up that time doing stuff. Don't just do something, stand there, as investor Jack Bogle once said. Again, don't just do something, stand there. Now, this is the beauty of the max strength session. When you do it right and you have your on-bike training, it doesn't have to be dialed in. It's got to be about 85% there. You're not doing way too much. If you're doing way too much, the body will let you know. The strength training will suffer. Your on-bike training will suffer. You'll feel fatigued. Uh, again, we'll talk about sleep in a couple of episodes here. When you get it right, it's awesome. <laughs> That strength session, that development session that we put in your week tends to be refreshing. It gives the body a little bit of a change up, keep those muscles firing, 
And when you get on the bike the next day, you're not sore, you're not heavy, you feel good. You wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, I did some work yesterday, all right. But the total volume of that session is much less. Usually it's around 60 to 70% less than what you've done in the hypertrophy phase. So we're just getting the connective tissues, the muscles, the bones, the nervous system are all firing and working together. When you train like that, man, it's beautiful. And the thing is, until you experience it yourself, it's really hard to understand. You're thinking logically, how? What? What is he talking about? Maximum strength now? Now I need all my energy to go to riding. No, we need to have a balance. The time to scale back to go from maximum strength to conversion to sport is coming quickly. And the conversion to sport, that's where we're going to do similar sessions, but even less volume. We'll do heavy kettlebell work, or we'll do very specific movements that are going to help that specific rider be able to perform. That's it. The maintenance phase for many of us as amateur athletes or those who are racing for fun at the category three, category four, category five in the US, until you're racing at a top level, and even then, you're pretty much, until you're at the world pro or continental level, your maintenance is maybe two weeks when you really want to be riding super strong. And even then, we're going to do a little bit of kettlebell swings, a little bit of kettlebell press or rows. Uh, you know, these are going to be far shorter uh, and not as dialed in. Uh, and when I say dialed in, it means we're going to be short, fast, done. Short, quick, done. Not fast, not rushing through it. 15 to 20 minutes. So you're doing, think about that, 15 to 20 minutes. So you've got your three to five minutes of soft tissue work, eight to 10 minutes of dynamic warm up. So maybe four movements, five movements, and then you get two movements and you're done. That's it. That's it. That's beautiful. And now you are building year-round strength and resilience and the ability to handle training load. Again, counterintuitive. This is not what the mass media are telling you, but this is what works. This is what works. Not the weight on the bar. I don't care about the one rep max. I'll have you come in and you'll do a CNS tap test. Simple little thing that you can download on your phone, whether it's an iPhone or Android. We're going to see where your nervous system is at. Fantastic. Then we're going to go into perceived exertion. If it doesn't happen to match the numbers on the paper, that's okay. If we notice that it's really off, then we've got a different issue. Females, during the luteal half of your cycle, we're going to change this up. We're not necessarily going to do max strength. Most likely, we're not going to do much strength at all. We'll do some balance challenges, some coordination challenges. We'll do some fun stuff, but we won't necessarily push heavy weights because your body's not primed for that. It's not able to handle that and recover well because it's in a catabolic state. Your balance is going to be off. Your coordination is going to be off. So we've got to train differently during that time period. It's a lot of fun when you start to get it. It really is. Uh, and I really hope that all of you listening out there are taking heed. I hope that many of you have subscribed already and listened uh, and have followed the anatomical adaptation and hypertrophy and have already done most of your max strength so that you already know, hey, this is amazing. I am flying. I feel like I'm barely doing anything in the weight room, but my bike, I'm just feeling strong, stable, able to push. That's what this is all about.
So if you'd like to learn more, make sure you're going back through all the other 93 episodes or 91 episodes that we have here. Episode 94 is going to be talking about sleep and helping you recover because you can spend thousands of dollars on compression boots or a couple hundred bucks on a Theragun, but there are better ways to do that and sleep is one of them. So if you'd like to make sure you're around for that, hit the subscribe button, give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're downloading this from. And make sure to head on over to the Human Vortex training website to check out the other blog posts, resources for you, as well as the HV Training YouTube channel where you can get lots of insights and videos to help you to be able to train smarter, not harder, because it's all about getting performance on the bike, not a number on the bar. Nobody cares how much you deadlift, squat, or bench, bro, or chick, or bra, or lady, whatever your nomenclature is, madame. Nobody cares how much weight is on the bar. We want to see you perform out in your sport. That's what it's about. Until next time, remember, train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you. That's it for this episode of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast with world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Don't miss an episode. Hit that subscribe button and give us a review. For more exclusive content, visit humanvortextraining.com or get the latest expert videos from Coach Brody on the HVT YouTube channel at HV Training. Until next time, remember to train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you.